we begin, listeners, we'd like to thank you for listening. You are making dreams come true without even realizing it. Um, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and RadioPublic.com. Feel free to email me as well at MelodyMayTalkAbout at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook as well at MelodyMayTalkAbout. Thank you again for listening. Hello, podcasting world. It is I, Melody May. And as promised, if maybe a few hours later than promised, I am here to deliver the November review of General Hospital from November 1st to November 30th, the uh, November sweeps. And I, I try, I'm going to try to go in order as much as possible. I may end up just kind of giving roundabouts with regards to each character. Um, that may go easier or flow better. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm by my, myself today, so no introductions of anyone else. You are only going to hear the sweet melody of my voice. <laughs> Melody's voice. That's funny. Um, okay, so we start with the new Nicholas being revealed. Uh, Marcus Coloma uh, was cast as Nicholas. And again, we, we talked about this last time. Um, he's only like five years younger than Tyler Christopher. And so I'm, I'm fine with how he looks. I don't care that if he looks like he might be a little bit shorter. None of that is important to me. I'm just happy that the character is back. Let's see what he can do. Um, I'm kind of wondering how long until Ava realizes she's not crazy. Just in the aspect of how long is he going to make her wait. Um, how long until Laura finds out and Spencer comes home. Those are my main questions. Um, how many people are going to know before that happens? Because it just seems like they keep rolling out people now that, you know, he revealed himself to, to Carly. And it's just a matter of time. I have a feeling he's going to go back to Ava. Um, seriously, I mean, they they did have a series of flashbacks, which I like showing how Jax and Hayden got involved with, with him. And Jax gets the shipping division. And H- Hayden uh, gets the more than, what was it, 500,000? Or she gets to repent for Spencer and get money. Okay. Um, I have to say, when they did the flashback and she was like, dear husband, I was like, ooh, dun, dun, dun. Like, I, I forgot they were married. Um, so, he did try to kill her. <laughs> Which, I don't know how ride or die I am for my man. If you try to kill me, you may have to go figure out your shit by yourself. Um, but, um, I'm, I'm down for it. Yay for new Nick. Um, we again start off the beginning of the month with Lucas confiding in Carly uh, about his Brad issues. Uh, Julian threatened Brad, basically saying you better leave Lucas um, to cover your butt because you're gonna break, you're gonna you know lose it, and you're gonna end up losing him anyway. So this just just leave. I'm sick of covering for you. Um. Lucas and Brad, they argue on Carly's patio. 
And while that's happening, she's giving Joss the riot act for drinking at the party and having to go to school and deal with the consequences. Um, they go back to Brad, giving a little bit of the truth with regards to what's happening between him and Julian. He, he recorded the conversation, but only played part of it, and then tried to weasel out of even the part that he supposedly was copping to as far as working with Liesl. Um, it just, he hasn't changed. And, and Julian, he basically said that, you haven't changed, you're going to hurt my son. And he tried to blame it on Julian and say that Julian was falling apart after Kim and and, and what was going on with Ava. And, and, and it's just, I love that he's there for Ava. I think that it's fantastic that he... He checked under her bed for monsters and like he's there. He's not breaking down. It's making him stronger. It's showing him that he can, he deserves better than Kim, which is odd for you, me to think that Julian deserves better than anybody because he's such a dick when they brought him on. Um, but like he's Brad trying to spin it. It just, it's a fucking manipulator. Just 101. Um, they go back to the Corinthos living room where Carly is suggesting that Joss maybe live with Jax for a while. Um, and Jax actually saying that he thinks she needs to go to a professional first, which I think is what started Carly thinking what is really going on with Jax. Why wouldn't he would jump at the chance for his daughter to live with him? So um, they go basically from there and kind of just decide that they'll they'll think about it and decide what the next step is. Um, it looks like things are starting to fall through for Peter at this point. Maxie asks him to move into her place because the place fell through. Um, the He finally broke down and was like, okay, Lucy, go ahead and put my bid in. And then he gets denied because the homeowner association is like, ah, now nah, F him. We heard too much. We don't want him around us. And it's like, yeah, Maxie, you should be paying attention to this. You should be realizing that an entire group of people were like, no, we don't want anyone with his character under the same, in the building that we live in. But she's like, no, instead you should come to my house and live, you know, where your brother used to live and sleep in, on his side of the bed, raise his son, come live in our apartment. And it's just, bleh. I, I just don't care about them at all. I just don't. Um, something I kind of am starting to care about just because they're starting to wrap it up. Uh, Liz and Scotty try to stop the Drew uh, from leaving after they lose the court case. Uh, Scotty meets up and tells him all about um, his childhood with Bobby and tries to guilt him into staying, basically saying, my son sacrificed for you, now you need to sacrifice for my son. Um, he basically is throwing everything he got, hoping something will stick to the wall. He really is. He just wants to save his son. His heart and soul is he's finally got his boy. And now his boy is gone, and this is the last chance to ever have him again. And it's just, it breaks my heart. I like that it's making, um, Ken on the, the screen, I like Scotty's character being there. Um, I like that he finally cut his hair a little bit. Um, but, so basically, yeah, they have the conversation, and then, uh, Liz finally gets to meet Violet, and it's the cutest thing. Uh, 
she comes up and and she goes, "Can I have a hug?" <laughs> it's just it was just what she needed and it's just she just that little violet has chemistry with every single person they put her on screen with. Um speaking of Robert get runs right in, well I should say Violet runs right into Robert. Um when they're at the gosh I think it was the hospital, yes. And uh Finn gives well he gives Finn hell um for not telling Anna immediately like Um, you know, you need to, how dare you keep this from her, and, uh, I mean, I get it, it's a big piece of news, you think it's something life-changing, you would want to tell your fiancé as soon as possible, um, but I also understand Finn's point of view, where he's like, hey, I want to tell her in person, Robert's like, that could be months from now, what are you gonna do, and he's like, I'll figure it out, it's not your issue, dude, you're not married to her, your daughter with her is fucking an adult who's got her own kids. Honestly, Finn doesn't have to say anything to Robert. Mind your business. Every answer could be mind your business. And it would be completely acceptable. Um, it's so funny because uh, Violet talks about... Because uh, Robert, of course, like... Talks about not having a daddy. And Violet talks about not having a daddy. Or a doggy. Or a Pegasus. <laughs> It's just like, she was so unbothered. She was like, yeah, there's a lot of shit I ain't got. So, it was just, it was cute. Um, And then when they went to say bye, and she forgot to say bye, Robert. And she was like, bye, Finn. Bye, Robert. It was just, it was so cute. It really was. Um, And then Robert runs into Laura. And they, they go over what's happening with Cassandra. And um, Laura talks about how she got an odd feeling earlier. And uh, we'll go. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, then we jump to uh, Cassandra threatening Nick. She gives him a call and says that Robert. Um, she's going to tell Robert everything uh, if he doesn't come and get her out. So Nick says, "Of course, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it." Makes a call, uh, and then he yells at Jax for involving Laura in all of this, and he uh, reminds him. Jax very abruptly was like, hey, hey, I didn't do that. That was Hayden, not me. I have nothing to do with Laura. I just, she's in it, so now I'm giving her information. Um, Nick gets Cassandra on work detail. That was the call he made, and it ends up being with Sam. And Cassandra is trying to be a little, just... I don't think that we're digging in the right place. And then when this grows, it's going to mess up the blah, blah, blah. And Sam's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, oh, 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 my ankle. Oh, my God. Uh, boom. And takes shovel, hits the guard. Um, Sam, of course, think, you know, gets... When Cassandra goes to make a break for it, she stops her from getting the gun. Um, and Cassandra meets up with Nick in this a white van I'm telling you that just why a bright white van it just made no sense and the worst getaway like they it was just stupid it's just so stupid they just it was just stupid and it shows that Nick why would Nick be the one driving the van why would Nicholas 
not hire one of his many goons to drive the van. And I know he's not supposed to be well off anymore. He's not supposed to have the means, the money, the whatever. But seriously, if you could get the guard to put her on pol- on the detail, you couldn't find somebody to drive a fucking van? Like, it just didn't make sense. And And for him to be like, I'm taking you where no one will find you. What? Of course she's going to make a break for it. It's just... It was just stupid. It was just stupid. And then after Cassandra runs for it, she takes the... she, She makes a break out of the back of the van. Nick's brilliant idea is to call in a tip on her whereabouts. He, calling it his civic duty. I was just like, this, this is, this is, the, I can't. I'm, I, I really had high hopes for them bringing Nicholas on, but they're making him a fucking idiot, and it's just, it's sad to watch. Um, we again start off the beginning of the month with the end of the Halloween party, so we've got Nina forgiving Liesel and Liesel warning Valentine about the samples. Which, at that exact moment, Curtis and Jordan are having checked. And Nina watches Liesel and Valentine from, like, across the room. And just kind of has this look on her face, like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes! Realize it, chick! Realize it! Valentine, of course, asks if she wants to, you know... Look, still look for her daughter. You know, I, I want, I want to give you that gift of still being able to look for your daughter, and it's not fair. And she says no, and that her baby was never born, and um, her mom lied, and she's done looking, and she just can't take it anymore. And she tells him, "You're already more than enough." And it's like. Ugh. Okay, well, the best award goes to you, because how could you look him in the face and say that? Like, excuse me, you've already done more than enough. And she said it, and you're looking at her like, kind of like she looks at him like, if, like, I know. But also kind of like, it's okay. I don't, I don't understand. I, that one kind of perturbed me a little bit because it was a little bit of both. And I want her to play it harder. I want her to give him these glances to where he kind of questions it. I don't want him to see it coming, but I want him to be like, she's acting a little different. Like maybe things have changed her a little in some way. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so Alexis is uh, at her house and she has kneel over and she's not feeling very good so she sends him home and she falls asleep on the couch and Molly comes over and she's banging on that door she's knocking on it she's like mom 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 can't just she can't get it the bitch had the key the whole time I after a knock I'm just inter I'm just opening my mom's door like I'm not gonna sit there and bang on the door for 15 minutes and then use my key She's supposed to be smart. I didn't get that. But they get her to the hospital at some point, and she's noticing rashes on her hands. Finn is examining her, and he's like, when did this rash start? And she's like, oh. And So they admit her right, uh, right away, and she's 
losing feeling in her hands and Finn's doing all these pressure tests and she's like I don't understand what's happening and she goes to brush her hair and a chunk falls out and at the same time Kendra is in the back of Charlie's throwing out the container just as Julian comes out and Caesar doesn't see the container but Caesar back there and they talk blah 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 he throws the food away. They walk through the bar. I think we talked about this the last week of October. And the next week, he come, or next day, he comes out and there's dead rats. Okay. You know, there's rats by dumpsters. I don't know if I ever see a bunch of dead rats. You know, I've, I've, that's, that is, I guess, odd if you aren't, if you don't have a rat problem. Um... And so they're trying to figure out the testing. They're testing her in the hospital. What's going on? What's going on? Um, While this is going on, again, remember that Brad and Nicola, or excuse me, Brad and Lucas are going back and forth. And uh, so Bobby has a run in with Julian and she reminds him, and we're going day by day here. So we're, we're this isn't all just one day. We're, we're just basically rolling through. I'm not going to give a day by day breakdown. This is just how the story progressed. Um, Bobby reminds Julian that Lucas has one father. And I love this because this is when we get to bring, this is the flashback episode, or the ghost episode. Um, Julian tries to plead his case to Bobby, but she ain't buying it. She's like, you are not his daddy. You just came around. Okay. Um, and that, this is when Brad, uh, comes back, ex-Tony Jones, uh, makes his ghostly appearance, um, and he comes to Lucas at, you know, Lucas is sitting there at his grave going, I wish I could talk to you, like, I need my dad. And his, he comes and gives him, you know, words of wisdom, as all ghost parents do, um, you know, about being a parent and how hard it is to try to be perfect and to, to remember the little things and the happy memories and use those against any doubt or uncertainty he has and just all the good stuff ghost parents say to you, you know, um, they, they build up your confidence and then disappear. Um, but he talks about how. Lucas was the one who motiva- motivated him after Barbara Jean died and he made him breakfast and made him get up and go to work and told him how his patients needed him and it was just so damn sweet and then he gets a phone call and he has to like turn away from Tony for a second and and it's Bobby and Bobby's like uh you know your Julian's been around I don't know what you he won't leave what do you want me to tell him Tell him I'm with my father. Click. Hangs up. Turns and looks. Tony's gone. Ghost Tony. I guess went through the phone. (laughs) Guess the next thing. He's. It's Bobby. And she's standing next to the pictures of all the people who've worked at the hospital. And she's right next to Tony's picture. And then Ghost Tony comes up and he kind of puts his head against hers and kind of kisses the top of her head and trust your heart and the phone rings and it's just it's just cute I mean I love that they got to bring him back for a minute I wish they would do something to where now that he's kind of said his goodbye to them maybe they could bring him back as a new character can we can we do something else can we bring him in as 
Somebody who works with the police department. Not, I, we don't need another therapist and we don't need another attorney. Can we give another profession a chance? Can we give anybody else? We've got, we just got a new teacher. Um, I don't like the new health person that came on. She, I don't think she's going to make it another couple episodes anyway. Um, but there's got to be something. I mean, I just miss seeing him on the screen. They showed that picture of him and I was like, oh my God, right? I forgot he used to be on this soap and it was so good. And, ah. But anyway, I digress. Sorry. <clears throat> Next, Nina goes to Jay's grave to confess her anger and I am loving this. She is talking like she is in almost to a mirror. She's finally letting some stuff out that we've been seeing build in her for so long. And then Valentine's bitch ass shows up and tells her, you can confide in me, you know. And it's just like, <clears throat> she was about to say it. She was about to let some stuff off her chest and he just stopped her. So they sit and they fret about Cassandra and her breaking out of custody again and reminiscing about all the stuff that, you know, has happened in their history. And Nina kind of starts to show empathy towards Sasha being poisoned and and saying, you know, even if she did this, she, you know, you remember her in the hospital and she was weak and she was trying to be strong for us and she almost died and her face shows a softening. Like, I'm hoping she's really not as mad at Sasha. She's letting that kind of go and her anger really is towards Valentine. So once she lets that go, she can go to Sasha and be like, Again, she, he he knows how to manipulate. You get a mulligan on that one. You mess with me again and it's off with her head. But we're cool right now. Just don't mess with me. That's what needs to happen. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, again, Nick is in that white van with Cassandra. And she runs off and he calls in the tip. And again, I just have to keep saying, why was he driving? Why? Why? Keep going back to that. Just why? Um... Curtis is beating himself up about what happened. He keeps asking Sasha questions. He wants to try to figure out how she possibly did this on her own. Where did she get the samples? What's going on? This is my friend and I was the one who pointed you in her direction. And Michael jumps into her defense real quick and is like, whoa, 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 you ain't no cop. I know my right. She ain't got to say nothing. Nothing. Um, he knows it's personal. But Sasha asks him to just leave it alone. You know, it's Nina's happy. What do you want her to do? Be miserable. Valentine loves her. And and that is all that matters. And Curtis is not going to let it go. He's just not. Um, I'm going to take a pause for just a moment. I'm hoping in our next segment, the fiance will be able to join us. Um, I'm just going to take a quick break. Thank you so much for your patience. Again, guys, I know I'm going through this really quickly and it's just because we've got, you know, it's a 30 day or not quite 30 day. There was a lot of preemptive shows because of the stupid impeachment stuff. But again, anything to get orange out. But um, that's political. And I said we don't do political here. So anyway, again, sidetracked. I will be right back. Okay, thank you so much for your patience, guys. I appreciate it. I thought the fiancé was going to be joining us, but 
Um, instead, he distracted me, and this is the next day. Huh. Anyway, um, the holidays are coming up, and I it was just catching myself trying to rearrange and get ready for the flood of holiday decorations that are going to be coming in here. And I had to remind myself, don't get distracted by something random. Get your butt in here and finish recording. So, we're back. Hi. Um, thank you for your patience. So, I think we left off with, uh, Brad being at Carly's with Lucas. And, oh, no, 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 I'm so sorry. We're, we're past that. Yeah, I'm, we're to the point where now, uh, Cassandra gets away from Nicholas, um, because, again, Nicholas is stupid and <laughs> and is like, you know, basically tells her you're, that you're, their partnership is over and she makes a break for it. And she goes to um, Kelly's, runs into, again, Charlotte. Charlotte, I don't know. I mean, she's, she's a, a Spencer, so she probably thought she could handle herself. She'd be okay. You know, daddy would save her and whatever. Um, and later after Lucas has realized that, you know, where Brad is, he goes and, uh, Brad tells him that he could have stopped Cassandra and that it was the first time Brad actually kind of seems a little bit human to me, um, caring about somebody else. I mean, I know he seems like he cares about Lucas, but for him to actually be like, dang, I could actually help that little girl. Um, it was nice for him to show that he actually cared, um, he, he basically let him know that he has no intention of leaving him and Wiley. Um, you know, that could have been a dangerous situation, but he loves him. And uh, then they cut to the dock and Cassandra's reaching out to Valentine. Um, oh, no, not that it was. She was on the dock when she called and Valentine and Nina were in the police station with Lulu. And um, Nina does her stupid distraction, yelling, causing a scene, blah, 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 so Valentine can walk off. Nobody's looking for Valentine. Nobody looks at Valentine. They're so enthralled by the fact that Nina said something outrageous that he's able to go and negotiate with Cassandra. And um, he agrees to her terms, of course. Whatever she wanted, he was going to say a, a yes. Um, so... The... The whole Maxie and Lulu even being at, at Kelly's for lunch and gossip. How do you keep your kid? How do you not know somebody's talking to your kid? I could be having an in-depth conversation and every 10 seconds my eye's going to cut to the right and I'm going to look at my kid. I do that with my kid in the room with me, let alone across the, the freaking room with people in between us. So Lou, I was just like, <clears throat> I know her, she's supposed to be like 10 or whatever and but I just was like, that That was kind of Lulu's bad for taking her eyes off of her in the first place. Seriously. Um, also, they could talk about Dustin. Who I don't care about Dustin. They're nuke-warm. I'm ready for them to give some backstory about him to make him a little grimy. Show me something. Because right now, they're just... It seems like they're giving Lulu somebody else to get under to take the sting away from Dante because they maybe, I think they finally realized everybody was sick of hearing Dante's name if you weren't going to bring him back. But it's kind of like, could we have had some kind of chemistry buildup? It was like, oh, he's your driver. Oh, now he's in your bed. 
It was just too, it just, it, I just don't care about it at all. I mean, I guess I care about it because I'm talking about it, but uh, when it's over, I'll be happy. Um, so Jax goes to Ava's hospital room and basically is, you know, saying he's checking in on her. And she, at first, she's like, oh, like, you that really sweet, you care. And after a while, she's like, wait a second. Because he makes this point of talking about work. And she goes in on him and is like, all you care about is the painting. I'm not giving you the painting. Everybody's coming at me for the painting. And she, <laughs> I love this part, she goes, I might be crazy, but I'm not crazy. And it was just, it was good. It was good. And Jax, you know, walks away with, like, a dog with his tail between his legs. Like, oh, well, I hope you feel better and you're misunderstanding me, but uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. And it was just... Just... Anyway. Um, so, later, Jason goes to Jax's house and goes... Spinelli found out some information. He was able to see that the credit card used to rent the van that broke out Cassandra was from your company. And Jax is like, oh, played it off super cool. Super cool. And was like, oh, yes, that credit card was stolen. I reported that. That's da da da. I wonder how, how that happened. Uh, and, and, and then as soon as Jason was like, okay, well, you know, I'll keep you updated, you know, da 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 da. And he leaves. Jax goes ham on a vase of vase, whatever you want to call it, picks it up, throws it across the room, screams at Nicholas, and I love it. I love it. And he calls him an amateur, and he threatens to tell Jason everything, and how stupid can you be, and they're really making this new Nick just stupid. I think I said it before. Like, he's supposed to be a fucking Cassidine. Why are they acting like he knew Cassidine? He was prodigy to fucking Helena. He grew up with that family. You think he doesn't have a secret stash of money all over the place? You think he ain't been back to those caverns and... and, and Coves and all that stuff on Cassidine Island and hasn't found something that he hid? You know how many back passageways and hidden tunnels there are in that place? How much money, how many, how much influence this man has and how strong and powerful? They needed to have those writers go back and watch the 90s Nicholas. Go back and show when he first came to town and he's all up in Lucky's face when when he gives the do when he does the donor uh, for for Lulu. Just the cockiness in that first scene with him and Lucky is more cockiness than they've shown, more arrogance, more self-assuredness than they've shown in this new guy the entire time he's been here. So it's I, I go off. Sorry. Um, I just, I don't, I don't really care for the new Nick so far. I, I really wish they gave him some backbone. Um, I wish that Tyler Christopher wasn't going through such a personal issue in his life right now. Um, and that he, he and GH were able to come to some kind of, uh, resolution, some kind of understanding, some kind of negotiation agreement. Because, in all honesty, all they're doing is showing me that this guy's not Nick. I tried. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. And I know, I, I mean, I might even sound different than the last segment. I want him to be good. He, his age is good. The look is good. The hair is good. The clothes are good. 
I just don't believe it yet. And these stupid amateur moves, like stealing Jax's credit card, just further show that the writers don't know who Nicholas... They may have been able to say his entire name, which I can't do because I can't roll my tongues and do all that stuff. But I, that's not Nicholas. That's all I know. That's that's not a Cassidyne yet. Just like Nina took a couple of minutes to be able to be the real Nina. The new Nina <laughs> took a while to become Nina. I think this new Nick is going to take a minute to become Nick. Just my opinion. Uh, so we go to Hayden bringing Violet to Anna's house to see Finn and Violet is absolutely adorable and inquisitive and she's glad that Finn is their friend and she's just skipping around the house being all cute grabbing stuff and uh, she asks if uh, they can have a tea party after she sees their English bulldog that uh, Anna has and um, it's so cute they end up setting it all up with apple juice and they're sitting on the floor together and and Finn's like, oh, I've never been to a tea party. What am I supposed to do? And she goes, you drink tea. I was like, oh, this girl, whoever's throwing her the lines, good job. Because she's so freaking cute. Um, they talk about Bella the pig and Otto the owl and who are missing from the party. And they just have this cute little family moment. And, and Hayden sits there and kind of ha- talks about how Otto is like, they kind of look at each other, and she's when she's describing Otto, she's really describing Finn, and it's just cute. And uh, Finn, uh, Violet ends up falling asleep, and Finn, I love this part. He actually gets the first night under the same roof with his daughter, and you can tell that it really meant a lot to him. And he tells Hayden that he's excited. He he really is looking forward to. Even though he knows he needs to talk to Anna, he would prefer to do that face to face and that he but he is not does not want to wait and he wants to tell Viola that he is her daddy. And Hayden's like, Oh, absolutely. I was hoping that's what you want to do, and we can do it tomorrow morning and um or when do you want to do it? And he's like, Tomorrow morning's great, and we can have breakfast, and it's just like, oh, they get to have this great moment and very sweet, very, very sweet. Um, and then we go to, speaking of Finn and being in Anna's house, Anna finally comes home. Her vacation finally has come to an end, and she, well, her vacation as far as the actress, but the, the actor is, a uh, or the character, I should say, is, was supposedly out searching for her sister, and so she finally comes home because she gets this dead end, and, um... She comes home just in the nick of freaking time because she walks out on the dock just as Charlotte is being kidnapped by Cassandra. And um, she's, you know, tries to negotiate with Cassandra saying, you know, just let me have the girl and you can go. And and Cassandra tries to be like, I want full immunity. And Anna's like, bitch, I ain't got that power. I don't know who you think you're talking to. Uh, I'm just trying to give you a head start before they come after you. That's all you're going to get from me. And... <laughs> little little Charlotte, she's a little spitfire. Like she stomps on Cassandra's foot, and it was hilarious. Um, trying to get away, and after there's some tussle, and Anna's like, "You're all by yourself. You don't know what you're doing." And Cassandra's like, "Oh, that's what she thought." Ba bam, two people right behind Anna. Like she's like, "Thank you. I've got to make this phone call, and I've only got one hand." So she calls Valentine, and she, you know, is like, "I got, you know." Are we going to do this deal or not? 
Of course, Valentine's going to do whatever the fuck she wants. And, um, just as she's thinking she got away with it, Charlotte does another hi-ya, but instead of kicking, she bites. She goes for the, I'm taking that piece of your flesh with me. And she actually breaks the skin, which means she was going for it, which is kudos, girl, because that woman was going to kill you. And she breaks for it. She runs. And Anna's like, run, run. And so she runs off and she hides. And one of her minions, one of Cassandra's goons goes after her. Only one, because the other one's got to take care of Anna. So he goes off. And just at that exact freaking moment, Jason Morgan comes down to the docks. Because if he's not at Sonny's, he's at the docks. And they do this five point punch little fight and of course he knocks the goon out and he's like are you okay and she charlotte stands up from behind this stack of garbage or boxes or something and she's just looking all like what the hell just happened and they get back to the dock and in the meantime of of where all jason is saving charlotte uh cassandra jumped on the boat and and got away and so uh, Jason and, and Charlotte come back to the dock and there's Anna and Anna's like, yeah, she's gone. And, uh, Charlotte uses Jason's phone to call Valentine and is like, Papa, I'm fine. Jason saved me. And, and he's like, oh, thank God. Oh, ba- oh, speaks to her in whatever language that they, French that they talk to each other in. And he's like, okay, honey, stay with Jason. I'm gonna call you right back. And then it's Cassandra calling on the other line. So he clicks over and she's like, the boat was exactly where you said it was going to be. And he's like, you're on the boat. That's all I needed to know. And she ended up, and she's like, I was, and because the boat is here, I'm going to give you the secret. I'm going to tell you who broke me out. And he's like, I don't care. I just wanted you to be on the boat. And she's like, what, 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 what? And she, of course, now it's been in front of her almost the entire freaking time, but she pushes back this little, like, blanket, and there's a bomb. And she's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! And then they jump to Valentine, and he's got this Dr. Evil red button app on his phone that he still hasn't even fucking pressed yet. And he slowly takes his finger and presses the button. And then you see Anna on the dock with Jason, and there's a big explosion. She ain't dead! I don't know who is making y'all think Cassandra is dead. There has there was a good one minute in between her saying, What? And him pushing that button. She could have jumped within that second. As soon as she said what, she could have been in that water. That boat would have kept going another 500 feet, then blew up. So I don't think she's dead. She's coming back. That was way too easy, and it was off screen. They never show a body. She ain't dead. I'm just saying it. I'm just putting it out there. It's not going to happen. So then we go back to Anna's house, and it's the morning, and Finnegan uh, talks about his plans to tell Anna about Violet in person, but he wants Violet to know, and uh, again, they have that great family breakfast, and it's really sweet, and uh, Finn tries to make syrup animals, and like a fairy princess with wings, I'm like, I don't know what kind of syrup y'all are using, but uh, you ain't making none of that, you making blobs, 
<laughs> the best I've done is like make a Mickey Mouse face or something. <laughs> like you can't. It's not gonna stay. It's but it was cute. They they could have written something better. But whatever. Um. Anna ends up. They go to. She goes to the station before letting Fed know she's back home. And um, again, is they're making the dogs out of the syrup, and it's it's just. Um, he's trying to be such a good dad. And Robert is at the police station with Anna, and he is fighting every urge in him to tell Anna about Violet. He knows that Finn wants to tell her, and he's just like, there's something important, there's something going on, there's something important. Um, And she's like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And Finn, they jump back to Anna's house, and Finn uh, is sitting there saying, you know how... uh, really loved your mom and she really loved me and she saved my life and I I saved her life and she saved me right back and um we were so in love that we created you and I'm your father and she's she goes for real (laughs) and he's like yeah and she goes so does so does that mean you love me (laughs) and he's like yes I love you very much and she goes, so, so Roxy is my sister? Cool. <laughs> it's just, that's all she cared about. She was like, oh wait, you're my daddy, right? And daddies love their kids, right? Oh wait, I got a sibling. Cool. And uh, he asked, he's like, if I can, if I can ask, can I have a hog? And I almost cried. I almost cried. Cause it was, they gave it, he's such a good actor. It was just, you could tell that. He was really trying to convey how much that would mean to him. Um, and back at the police station, we jump back and Chase confronts Robert and when he finds out and you know finds out he's an uncle. And at first he's mad, but Robert does try to explain that Finn had just found out a couple of days ago and Anna, you know, didn't even know yet. And um, Chase is like, yeah, I'm gonna go. And he leaves. Anna comes home. Finn, I'm home to find Hayden in Finn's shirt on her couch with Finn. And it's just, it's one of those dun-dun-dun moments. Like, you know it shit's about to go down. Um, of course, you know, Anna's gonna be civilized and she's not gonna be, you know ghetto angry throwing shit taking her earrings off or nothing but you know she fight her she a spy she could take her down in one shot um we go to Carly and Sonny and they're talking about Jax having a quote unquote guest at his house and it's just this is gonna be the beginning of Sunny and Carly's end. It's going to be Sunny being mad that Carly lied and she knew who was in his house, but he why did he say? And that's Spencer's dad, which is his nephew, and that why wouldn't he tell that's family and why would you think you'd have to lie and hide something like that from me? And it's gonna be he's gonna be upset because it's gonna be Carly and Jax having a secret and and Sonny hates Jax. He ain't gonna let that fly. That's gonna eat at him. It's gonna slowly fester that Carly can that Jax confided in Carly Carly covered for Jax and Carly lied to Sonny all of those are going to be the seed that plants the destruction or that seeds the destruction or sows the destruction whatever you know what I mean 
of, of Sonny and Carly. And it's just going to lead up to Jax and Carly because that's what it's going to end up being. I'm hoping, I mean, fingers crossed, they're going to... Sonny and Carly are boring together. They're great apart. Any couple that is happy is boring. Now that Donna magically is fine, they're going to deal with Mac, uh, Mike and, and him getting worse and deteriorating and possibly passing away. And then they're, they're, what, what is their turmoil going to be? They're going to end up getting... Uh, Jonah back, everything's going to be happy, everything's going to be perfect, so of course they're going to have to introduce something that is going to cause problems. And why not have Jax and Carly be in a like love triangle with Jax and Nina? Because Nina eventually is going to come to terms with Valentine. and I'm just thinking future storyline. Six months down the road, why not? Why not? Um, but I digress. Um... Jason, we go to Jason and Drew, quote-unquote Drew, I should say, on the dock, because, again, the dock is where everybody goes. And, quote-unquote Drew is talking about how his relationship with the water. And how the water kind of calls to him, and he obeys it, and the water can flow and move around you and change you and all this kind of stuff. And as long as you submit, um, it always, you know, lets him come back and how he doesn't know what he's going to do. And he tells Jason about how Scotty told him about Franco saving him, um, when he was a child and how Franco was a hero and everybody thought that it was the beginning of Franco being bad and all of that influence. And, um, Jason really just says like, now he understands their friendship. He didn't know why Drew and Franco liked each other so much, why they had this bond. Um, and Franco basically, or Drew basically asked, how am I supposed to keep this life? You know, the court awarded him it. It is his life. But is it? You know, people are hurt either way. And he he has to do what he thinks is right. So, just like he knows how dangerous the water is and all of that, he feels like he needs to surrender. He's, he's learned. And he, you know, decides that he without saying it to Jason specifically, because Jason basically says no matter what you do, somebody's going to get hurt, he kind of comes to terms with the fact that, like, yeah, he's going to end up having the procedure. He's going to stop fighting it. He's just going to go with it. Um, Drew, Drew decides then to go to Kim and explain that he's decided to have the procedure. He tells her that, you know, he he can't not try and that Franco would want him to do this and that his last words were he was coming back and he's made up his mind. It's it's not his life. He, he can't hold on to it. It's not fair. And she's just crying and pleading and telling him all the risks that are going to happen and telling him that she can't stay either way and watch him do this. And he's no longer hers and she has to leave and there's nothing left for her. And I thank you. I'm like, yes, yes, Kim, bye. You realize this now? Can we go? Can we go? Can you go? Can you go? Like, this is, I'm sick of, I love the character. Tamara Braun is amazing, but I don't think that this was the right character for her. And they had told Tamara previously that they had story that they had written for her, that they saw this, they had this whole big build that they were doing, and then they scrapped it. And that's part of the reason why her character is gone is because they had ideas and then they decided not to do it and they wrote her into a corner. You can't have her try to rape somebody. You can't have her have this mental breakdown sleep with Franco slash Drew, ruin her relationship. She, I mean, she just, she burnt every bridge she had. She was leaving. No, she's coming back. No, she's leaving. So now her job's not going to let her come back and go and come back. She's got nothing. So I'm glad she realizes that and she leaves. So, you know, he tells her how great she is and how sorry he is. And 
she says their good her goodbye and they hug and they say how much they love each other and she sobs and he leaves and she's like and I always will uh-huh. 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 bye Kim bye don't let the door hit you peace you know um so yeah um since we're doing again a long review i think this is a great time again to pause for the fuck cause um that's my abbreviation for motherfucking um didn't really abbreviate anything because i had to explain it but you know whatever sometimes that happens so again we're gonna take a quick break and we will be back to finish up our general hospital month of november review thank you So, thank you for for your patience. I appreciate that. Um, We come back to Anna's living room. And Anna talks about understanding what Finn is going through. And what a great dad Finn is going to be. And she's worried. Hayden knows that too. Just exactly how great that Finn is. And she tells him how he may change. And he, you know, he wants reassurance that they're as solid as ever. Um, And she's like, of course. She's like, everything is changing, but I'm right there with you. You know, I'm not leaving your side. We're we're dealing with this together. Um, Chase messages Finn. uh, And and she promises she's not leaving. She's like, I'll be right here when you get back. So Finn meets up with Chase and... Chase tries to be a little bit of a dick, but Finn quickly is like, hey, I did not know about Violet until three days ago. And he's like, dude, (laughs) they sit down and they have this heart to heart about life and family and being a dad. And Chase is like, "Uh, how does it feel? And and Finn is, it's like he's meant to be a dad. He just smiles and the twinkle in his eye and you could just tell instant love, you know? And what Anna does is she's like, yeah, I'm going to be right here waiting for you. Except really quickly, I'm going to go over and I'm going to meet up with Hayden. And they, they end up having lunch at the Metro Court. And Anna basically calls her out. And she, Hayden tries to compare them and be like, didn't she do the same thing with Robert? And Anna's like, a little, maybe, but not exactly, you know. And she, Anna dives into why. Why now? Why are you deciding to tell him at this point? Why, you know, and Hayden's like, well, because she got sick. And she's like, yeah, but there's other doctors. Why did you decide now? And Hayden basically just says it's timing, you know? It was just the right time. And Anna goes, yeah, I was gone. You know, that's exactly what you meant by the right time. Because I was gone. Be honest. It's not about Violet. It's about you wanting Finn. That's exactly what it's about. And I love this because Anna, she gets up to go and she's like, what is it that they they say nowadays? I just, I want to make sure we're clear. It's, um, uh, don't get it twisted. I laughed out fucking loud with that British accent. Uh, don't, don't get it twisted. 
snaps for Anna. Claim in her territory, Hayden, you left him, okay? You left this man. You lied and said your child was dead. You disappeared without a motherfucking word. Then you decide to go ahead and send a letter to him saying, come meet me in Rome or wherever. Like it's some romantic fucking getaway. And then, okay, you were gonna tell him about the baby then. But, oh, he was with Anna, so suddenly he doesn't deserve to be a father. Eh, bye, Hayden. I'm done. Anna, you claim your man. You do whatever you need to do, boo. Just for real. Mm. Um, so then we, they jump back to, to Chase and Finn, and Chase is like, hey, can I meet my niece? And Finn's like, absolutely. Absolutely. You come over tomorrow. That's fantastic. Um, which I think is great. Because now they're building a family around Finn, and that makes me happy because they need to keep him around. Um, we go to the hospital where Aunt again, Alexis is in the hospital again. Remember, she's been there for a couple of days. They found out she had rashes on her hands. She was feeling not. They like she was losing feeling. Um, he was pressure doing all this stuff. And TJ hears Alexis joke about the dead rats and realizes that she may have been poisoned because they've got similar characteristics of like what her symptoms are the same as somebody with rat poisoning so thallium I think it's called so they do the test because Finn's like yeah no wait yeah now that you said that TJ that actually we should definitely check for that it's something that's supposed to be banned from like since the 60s and yeah there you go there she's she's being poisoned by by rat poisoning and and I'm sitting here thinking oh so that was the brown stuff that she was shoveling into that supplement container and again, of course, they show her throwing things away at the back of Charlie, so now they can go back and Julian can say, hey, I saw her there, blah, blah, blah. So either, at least they're tying it up, they're wrapping it up, which is fantastic. Um, we go back to, now that Kim's about to leave the apartment, and she gets a knock on the door. It's Hayden. Hayden is moving into Kim's old place. Um, so she, you know, they bond a little bit before Kim leaves. They talk, they go room to room doing measurements and stuff like that and talking about the sound quality and how it's a good place to raise kids and, um, a stuffed animal falls out of Kim's purse. So Hayden's like, oh, so you're a mom and, and, you know, so you do know this is a great place and, um... She goes, she can kind of see that she gets a little bit sad when she says that. And she goes and she grabs a bottle of champagne or wine. I think it's champagne out of her bag. And she's like, we should celebrate. We should toast. And Kim's like, no, you know, that's thank you. But I should really go and, you know, and enjoy the place. And, it, you know, it's a really great place to raise a family. And then she leaves. And it's like, okay, again, bye. Adios. Um, so we go to, now we go to Elizabeth and again Cameron and Joss and all of them they got in trouble for drinking at the the Halloween party they ended up getting detention at school um you know uh Joss gets her phone taken away from her and she gets this little flip phone that can you know she can only dial out basically she can use the computer downstairs if she needs to do her homework well part of Cameron's punishment is he has to go over to Sonny's and apologize and Elizabeth takes him over there uh, to get a talking to. And while he's there, she goes back to the hospital. And Drew finds her um, to let her know that he now knows about Jim Harvey. He he respects her for not betraying Franco's trust and not telling him about it. Um, 
and not crossing that line because she loves Franco so much she doesn't want to, you know, embarrass him or whatever. Drew's really touched by it. Um, He thought of Franco as a stranger before, but now he thinks of him as Bobby, one of the few childhood memories he has. Um, you know, they include Bobby and he owns it, owes everything to him and his life, you know, his, him being a a Navy SEAL, him meeting Kim, him having his kid. It's all because Franco sacrificed himself from him and it's time, you know, that he give back. I'm like, finally, thank you. Can we wrap this up? (laughs) Like you're doing, you were able to wrap it up in a way where you gave Drew the choice and it was his, you know, um, you're still making him a hero. You get to leave Franco a hero. This is a great way to redeem Franco. Can we just get this done? Um, he says he owes it to Franco to give it a try. Um, so Liz just says, thank you. Um, Drew says he's, you know, he's ready to get this done. And so Liz offers to call Andre for him, um, which means, yay, he's coming back, which is awesome. Um, we jump now. Sam goes to court. Sam has decided that instead of having a trial by jury, she has decided to have a bench trial. And so she goes to court. And the prosecuting attorney is a dick. Um, he grandstands. He comes in late. He talks about Shiloh like he was this messiah, um, you know, doing good for the people and all this crap. And the judge calls him out right away, which is great. Um, basically what ends up happening, and I'm just going to sum it up because I really don't care that much about Sam and Jason, is that the judge says Jason wasn't defenseless, that Sam is not guilty of murder, but because Jason was not defenseless, she's guilty of manslaughter and she gets two years. Um, that's what you get for going for a bench trial and leaving it up to just a judge rather than a jury. Because a jury would have heard about Shiloh and everything he did and been like, you know. But then you run the risk again of Dawn of Day people being on the jury. So it's like, oh, I, I get it, but I don't. It's, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Diane's not going to leave her in prison for long. They're going to give her time served. She's going to get parole. She's going to get an ankle bracelet. She's going to get, you know community service for a year whatever it's gonna be her and cam um cleaning up parks and shit but um you know she did shoot him in the back you know and sam just cries and she tells jason to tell the kids that she loves them and not to bring them to see her and that uh, she's you know she's taken away and jason looks all serious at diane and is like fix this save sam duh what do you think she's going to do, Jason? You're a little stir and rot. She did say that, you know, it's kind of unlikely that they're going to get much leeway on this because it is already a lenient judge, so she'll see what she can do. The stuff that we talk about in the spoilers that are coming up at the end, I'm thinking that's what's going to be the resolution to this. So we'll get there. Um, we go to Julian's bar and he has just had a run in with Brad and he is not happy. He decides he's closing that place down early. He needs a break. Kicks everybody out. Everybody's gone. Except one person. And this chick's just sitting at the table and orders her drink. She's like, uh, I ordered a drink. Uh, I seriously doubt you're going to be kicking me out of here. It'd just be easier to give me my drink. So Julian sits there and, you know, talks it up with her a little bit. And, uh... She basically is the words of wisdom that he needs at the moment and tells him to cut bait with his shady business partner that he's complaining about, meaning Brad. Um, So 
he's like, yeah, you know, you're right. Thank you so much. I really needed to talk. I appreciate it. And goes to give her money. And he's like, you probably would have made more tonight, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, excuse me, do you think that I'm a prostitute? How dare you? And like, storms out. And he's like, oops. You know, my bad. Um, and it's funny because he actually takes her words, her advice, seriously. Brad comes knocking on the door like, hey, Julian, hey, Julian, we gotta talk, we gotta talk. Julian walks up, closes the blinds, turns off the lights, and walks away. Sorry, Brad, he's done. You didn't want to listen to him, he said he was done with you, he meant it. Um, I'm just, Julian's gonna end up doing something stupid trying to punish Brad and it's going to kick him in the butt and it's just I mean I can't I can't wait I, I mean I want Julian to take Brad down if Julian gets taken down in the process whatever as long as Brad's gone that's really all I care about to be honest So we enter now the quarter main living room and Olivia is sitting there with a big package against her chest and she's called Sunny and Ned and they're in the living room with her and Sunny opens up the envelope because she just can't bear to do it and it's a letter from Dante and he basically sent all of her letters back and tells her stop writing. And they, Olivia and Sonny go back and forth on missing him and he needs his family if he plans on getting better and it's all emotional and you know how Olivia gets worked up when it's about her Dante. And just as, you know, the heat of everything's going on, Brooklyn comes crashing through the back of the, the house, you know, right in the middle and is like, oh, that construction out front, I couldn't get through, blah, blah, blah. And Olivia, you can just see she is just not happy about it. And Ned's like, Brooklyn, what are you doing here? And they get into this, like, tit for tat, kind of back and forth, her and Olivia. And uh, she apologizes for Dante. They basically, she basically goes, hey, I'm moving in. That's it. Um, and, and Ned's like, oh, good. You could, you could teach, uh... Oh, what is Olivia's boy's name with Julian? You know that boy. Whatever one I'm talking about, you know him. Um, how he's got him a pony and that, you know, Brooklyn can teach him how to ride. And Olivia's like, mm-mm, no, no, my baby's not going to be spoiled. He ain't going to be like that. You're not, I don't want him on a horse. And Sonny starts chuckling and Brooklyn, like, calls him handsome. She's like, what's up, handsome? What are you laughing at? And what's so funny? And he's laughing and he looks at them and he's like, you know, Edward would be loving this. Just them bickering and going back and forth. And it was cute, you know, and then pan over to the pictures. And it's like, yeah, um, I'm happy to see some life in the corner main house again. You know, it seemed like after, gosh, after Brooklyn left last time, after Dylan was recast, after, you know, um, it just seems like after the 90s, after Emily died, it just seems like there's been nobody in that mansion. It's just, especially Tracy left last year, Ned's back and forth and hardly there. And 
every now and then Michael shows up, but that just depends on if, you know, randomly that place is so big people could go and never see each other. So I'm happy they're at least showing the living room, which is nice. Um, so now we go to Jax's house and Nina shows up to give him an invitation for her new, new wedding. Her New Year's Eve wedding. Uh, give, gonna give him an invitation. And he's just like, what? Excuse me? You're crazy. Like, he tries to talk her out of it. You know, she dances and stalls and kind of, you know, you can kind of tell she wants to say something to him, but she keeps defending Valentine. And um, after a while, because Jax is just not letting it go, she's like, well, what if I plan on taking him down? What if I plan on, you know, this? what if this isn't the end? And at the same time that this is happening, Nick has decided that he's had enough and he breaks into the tunnels and, and comes into Windermere. Charlotte sees him in the living room and this mofo lies to this little girl because she saw, she saw him on the dock. When everything happened before and the explosion happened, they went and turned her so she wouldn't see it. That girl looked Nicholas dead in his face and he was sitting there with a gun. And he just slowly backed away like, now you see me, now you don't. And she had never seen this dude before. So all of a sudden, now this dude is in her living room. And she's like, what? Well, he decides that he is going to tell her that he is her secret bodyguard and that Papa hired me to keep you safe. And that's why you saw me on the dock is Jason just got there before I could. And now I have to make amends and make sure you're taken care of. So don't tell anybody you saw me. Papa knows I'm here, but don't even tell him that you know that you saw me. And this little dumbass girl goes for it. If I would have gone for it. He did say, Papa, you know, Papa keeps secrets and Papa always is taking care of things. So, okay, so I guess I can kind of see where she'd be like, okay. But why keep it secret? Why wouldn't you want your bodyguard to know your daughter? Why wouldn't you want to know that that, her to know that that's a face she can trust in a crowd if she were to see it? That's, you don't do that. But again, I'm an adult. I think of all the angles. She's just thinking, Papa's keeping me safe. Yay. Whatever. So, later on, Jax is back at home and he tells Nicholas if he doesn't resolve everything by New Year's Eve, then he's telling Nina. He's done. He's, he's, his priorities has, have changed and now he only cares about protecting Nina. Um, and Nina wanted to take Valentine down, but after seeing how he was worried over Charlotte being kidnapped, she says she doesn't know if she can do it. She says that she doesn't know if... Uh, if she's strong enough and he begs her to be strong he he begs her to please 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 you know keep to your resolve this man's not gonna do anything for you he's horrible he's not gonna change don't let the fact that he's a father you know meet let let him get away with it a lot of horrible people are parents they love their children they're horrible people um so now, uh, going, Stella's back, finally, for November sweeps, I think they realized that people missed Stella, so they brought her back, she must have gotten a break from, um, her role on, 
what's what's it? Somebody loves Abishola. What are the new show she's on? Um, so she the she comes back and she has a quick little meeting with Curtis and Jordan and she says how much she loves London and how um, her visiting the family has been fantastic and how she's just there to get her passport something something and she's on she's gonna be heading back and they break the news to her that TJ wants to propose to Molly which is so cute I'm sorry TJ sat them down and was like I really love Molly I want to be with Molly and Jordan was like hold up y'all are young what are you doing you're stupid no you don't marry the the person that you were into high school with no you need more life and so but you know eventually Curtis tucks her down and she realizes that she has no control over his life and that he's a smart kid and that him and Molly are going to be fine and you know so so they tell Stella to, to brace her for what's going to happen um and she's just like mm-hmm. he'll talk to me when he's ready um so then she goes to see Mike because it's been a while and uh he she realizes how far he how gone he is he actually thinks he's at the track and that like he's in his early 20s like he's he's looking uh he asks her for a scotch and to make it a double because he's feeling lucky and uh, you know her face just says it all she's like oh no Mike thinks he's young and he's 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 trying to show Sonny's grandpa that you know he can hold a steady job for Adele and he, you know and, and she's waiting for him and um, her father doesn't approve but he's gonna show him and poor Stella her face just is so sad and she can tell that he's you know he's this may be one of the last times that she's gonna see him really even in a happy or coherent he wasn't even really coherent he thought he was a kid um he said they're talking to her about how he's gonna be a good dad someday and um after she goes and she meets with JT um again before heading back to London and um she actually, before she meets up with JT, she she does call Sonny, and Sonny comes down and, and is with Mike, and um, now, it's, I think it's the next day, and Mike now is sitting there, and he doesn't know, he's trying to tie his shoe, and he's trying to put a, do a puzzle piece at the same time, and he doesn't know what goes where, or how he's supposed to maneuver anything, and Stella tells Sonny, you know, this is what we thought was going to happen, it was going to be okay until it wasn't, and it's a fast disease, and it happens, and it's cruel, and one minute they're there, the next minute they're not, and once they start to decline, they're just going to continue to decline, they're never going to get that ground back again, and Sonny, you know, realizing, shit, this is the end, you know, this is the, my dad's not going to get any better, I thought I could, I thought I had more time, I thought I could stop it, and Sonny having that powerlessness. It just, if that's a word, yeah. Um, so after she talks to Sonny, Stella goes and she meets up with JT finally. Uh, JT. Ha, ah, my nephew's name, sorry. TJ. I'll get that. Um, and he tells her about the engagement. And she tells him, you know, you know I love Molly. She's brilliant and she's fiery and she, you know, but if you guys do this, you're going to have a lot of obstacles, you know, with Molly being white. Um, and I get this because I am a, of mixed race. My mother is white and my father was black. And, um, I get it. My, my mother was disowned for being with my father. My father was chased and almost killed for, for in, gosh, in the eighties 
Late 70s? No, it was the late 70s. Just because they, somebody didn't like the way that he and my uncle talked to a woman in a restaurant. Like, you guys don't understand. Like, the racism runs deep and it runs just forever. It's it's so ingrained that it's it's still very prevalent today. And a lot of people think just because we've had a black president that it's not as bad as it was. But it it's, it's just worse because of the next one. Um, and Stella realizes this and she says, Molly's white, you know, things are, you guys are going to be treated differently. Um, I love the fact that she talks about the lovings, Mildred and Richard, um, the loving couple who, again, fought racism for us. They, they fought for a mixed race, mixed race couples today without, without Mildred and Richard loving, I wouldn't exist. You know, they changed the world 52 years ago and it's still scary. It's horrible. But I loved the fact that the general hospital showed what, that that they made it realistic and, and they put it in the forefront. They, they, the fact that they even sat down and had that conversation, I was just very, very happy that it happened. Um, TJ talks about, he remembers being detained by security while he was shopping and she's like, boy, that's nothing. You know, she talks about, you know, you could be, you know, something could happen to you being in your own house. Something could happen to you, you know, it it doesn't have to be just you being out. You have to take care of yourself every single place you are. You have to keep your eyes open. Um, And, but she says, I love Molly. You have my blessing. And I, and she promised that she was going to be in the front row of their wedding, which was fantastic. I love when they bring her back. They brought her in three stories, bam, 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 three different scenes. And it was fantastic. Um... Next, we go to, again, we're with Drew, Franco, Drew, whatever. And again, he says he's going to go through the procedure. He meets with Monica and he tells her. And she's sad. You know, she she really hoped that she was, if he was going to leave with Kim, that he was going to have a happy life. And if he was going to stay, it would be as Drew. So she could still get to know him and he could be a part of the family. Um, so later, Monica's in her hospital office or office at the hospital and Liz comes and talks to her and they basically stand their ground you know Liz wants Franco Monica wants Drew back to stay and they basically just have to agree to disagree they love each other you know they care about each other but they both want very different things and they're both mothers and they both are you know love him and and they in different reasons in different ways and you can't begrudge either one of them for their opinion you know um monica does make a point of saying that there's no guarantee that franco will return and you know liz is like but franco said he was gonna try you know like how can you not honor his last wish whether he knew the results would be guaranteed or not you know um and julian runs into drew franco at the hospital and he's like what are you doing here and he tells him, you know, I'm staying, Kim's leaving, and Julian kind of goes off on him, and he's like, how dare you? You toyed with her. You sat there and gave her all these candy dream wishes, and then you decide that yeah, you're just not going to give it to her and you make her leave. Like, you selfish son of a bitch. And I like, again, even if Julian isn't with Kim, he still cares about Kim. And he's still going to try to defend her honor. And he may have been the one to tell everybody that she, you know, drugged Drew originally. But that, again, was for her benefit, whether she knew it or not. She needs help. 
And sometimes you can't ask for help, so people need to show how much, see how much help you need. Um, so, oh, we go to Jason, and because of Sam being sentenced and everything, he decides that it's time he has to tell Danny, you know, what's going on. Scout's too young, but Danny is going to know his mom's not around. He's going to have questions, so he tells him flat out, Sam's in, you know, he's, she's going to prison. Um, he does hear that it's going to be for two years and he freaks out a little bit. You know, what's going to happen to me and Scout and uh, Jason says that Monica wants them to stay there and, and it's, it's up to him and he absolutely agrees and he says that he's going to miss his mom too much if he's at home. Which is insightful for a little kid, you know, to realize that, you know, passing mommy's bedroom every day is going to make him miss her. Um, you know, and he loves being with Monica and with um, Annabelle second, And um, so, yeah, you know, Jason says, you know, just be strong for Scout. She sees you. She watches you every day. Um, and he promises he's going to do everything he can to get Sam home and that he's not going anywhere. And it's really sweet. And it's finally, at least they're showing that he's actually a father, which is nice because people forget that Jason, he's got so many damn kids and he's like a surrogate father to so many other kids. You for, you know, he just, he just doesn't take care of them. The ones he sires, he leaves, you know, he sees them once a year when he comes with a baseball or something. So, uh, interesting. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be just right back. We've still got quite a bit to talk about, and to be honest, I'm parched, and I want to stretch my legs. So, and oh, and the fiance should be home soon, so maybe I can have him hop on to this last segment with us. So, again, thank you so much for for joining us, and I will be right back. Thank you so much. So I'm not going to wait for him. He will get here when he gets here. I got to keep this ball rolling. So um, we go forward and Hayden gets summoned to speak with Valentine, uh, not knowing that an impatient Nick was at Windermere earlier. And he thought that because, you know, playing dead, that it'd be the perfect time to just take out Valentine. Stop trying to play games. Just take him out. He tells Hayden he heard all about the deal that Valentina offered her and that if she doesn't tell, because Valentine was like, okay, and I should back up because there was an important part here that uh, I, I need to get to. Martin, well, see, I'm not, I'm, Valentine knows that something is going on with the painting. And he knows that Hayden has been asking about it. So he basically says, if you don't tell me what is going on, uh, basically I'm coming for you. You know I can do some grimy stuff. But if you tell me, I'll give you a quarter of a meal, you know? So she, of course, had to accept it because Valentine's sitting there threatening her to her face. And if, if you, what are you going to do? Say no. So she points it out to Nick. She's like, I was threatened. You heard it. I had no choice. And he's like, look, I got you into this. Let me get you out. I need all the allies I can get. 
I wanted to bring you in as part of making amends and to show good faith, but I can't let you get hurt. I promised you more than $250 million. I was, I'll get you a new life. I'll get you an ID. Um, you gotta go, you know, Valentine's gonna try to take you. You gotta run. And she's like, why should I trust you? You tried to kill me. I don't trust Valentine, but why should I trust you? I'm not leaving. I've got way too much to, to lose. And he finally, like, shows his darkness, his duplicitness, because she stood up to him. And, and, and this is, again, another reason why I feel like when Nicholas wants to do something, he can have somebody do it for him. This is another reason why he should not have been the driver of the van. What he sets up, what he puts in motion, just, okay. So what he ends up doing is she, he leaves and she is calling Finn. She's on the dock and in the process, she gets attacked while she's calling Finn. Somebody grabs her from behind, puts their hand over their mouth. They've got a mask on. You're like, oh shit, Valentine is about to take her out because she didn't respond fast enough. He gave her a timeline and she was she was busy dealing with Nick, so she wasn't responding. And Valentine's taking her out. Okay, I see it. No, 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 no. Nick comes out of nowhere, fights off the attacker. Oh, I got you with a couple of throws and a couple of punches, and now you're running away. Oh, thank goodness. Hayden, see, I told you what happened. You, you're da- this is dangerous, and of course that was Valentine must have set that up. No, he didn't. That was Nick. He saved her. He offered her a way out, and that mofo hired the guy to attempt to kidnap her, just so she would be gone because she knows his secrets. She knows she could reveal. So we got to get her gone. She won't do it because I told her now I'm going to make her think it's her own decision. But again, if you could hire somebody to attack and try to attempt to kidnap her, you couldn't hire that same dude to to, to drive the van. Even if you were in the van before, that way you could have had a gun on Cassandra. You could have had her tied up. You could have made sure she didn't jump out. You could have had backup. I digress. Anyway. Um. When... So, okay, so now we go and fast forward a little bit, and uh, Laura is at Jax's house, and they're talking about the codicil and the painting and what they're gonna do, and magically there's a knock on the door. Martin Grace shows up. I'm like, who? What? Why would Martin? Okay. But Martin shows up and he basically says, I have a client. I'm not going to tell you their name, but they have a painting. The painting in question. Here's a picture of it. Yes, of course. They have it. Here's proof. And, you know, they know that you are looking for this painting. So they're willing to offer you first dibs. Laura and Jax are like, what? What's what's your client's name? And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. So they're like, okay, thank you so much for your information. That's fantastic. Thanks for showing us the little picture there on your little uh, laptopy. That's fantastic. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll give you a call. 
Martin leaves. They instantly go into a conversation with regards to the codicil and the picture and, and who could it possibly be and who owns it and what are they going to do and what kind of offer they should make. And then there's another knock on the door and they're like, what the hell? It's Martin again. Oh, guess what? He forgot his laptop. Oh, thank you so much. I would hate to lose that. Leave it here. Bye. First thing I thought was that motherfucker just recorded their entire conversation. That was sly as hell. He just recorded everything. And I was right. He recorded everything. And side note, I'm really happy in the next scene that we got to see Will and Tad from All My Children back together again. Because Martin Gray goes right to Valentine's house. He works for Valentine. Bam, bam, so this he so they've got him working. He works for Nell and Valentine. I think they're setting him up to be a villain. I think they were giving us kind of the in-between, because like Okay, he's representing Nell, but that could be somebody who likes a challenge. That could be somebody who's never lost a case and wants to test themselves. It could have been a number of different things, but as soon as I saw him walk into Valentine's house, I was like, no, he dirty. I don't know if they're going to try to change it, but in my mind right now, Martin Gray is grimy and dirty. Just grimy and dirty, grimy and dirty, grimy and dirty, grimy and dirty. So what they do is he plays the recording for Valentine, and Valentine's right away goes, play that again. Let me just clarify, it wasn't muffled the first time. He very clearly heard them say there's a codicil in the painting. But he plays it again. And then he asks Martin, what, what What does that mean? Oh my god. I thought you were smart. I thought you were... Okay, anyway. So Martin explains to him that I believe it means that there's a codicil in the will. And did your father have an additional will? And, you know, so now he knows what's going on. He knows they're looking for a codicil. They know that he's trying to find the... the they think that. But you see, in his mind, Spencer is the one who's going to receive this. He has still no clue about Nicholas. Thank God. Can you imagine if that tablet was there when Nicholas was at Jax's house? Oh, shit. That would have been amazing. Oh, that would have been amazing. Okay. So now we go to the hospital and um, Alexis is in her uh, room and she is talking to Neil. And he is talking about how he believes that maybe it's possibly Kendra who is behind all of this and how she didn't start getting the symptoms until after she started taking the supplements and he understands that she had them tested and everything but they were never the, you know what she got was never sealed um so Kendra comes in and Neil is hesitant to leave he really doesn't want to but at this point Alexis is kind of boohooing brushing off whatever he's saying and Kendra tries to give Alexis something to help calm her nerves. And Alexis is like, ah, oh, no, thank you. I'm really not looking to, uh, maybe, oh, okay, thank you. And just then, Neil comes in. And she quick palms the pill and doesn't take it. And, and gives it to Neil and tells him that his paranoia is contagious and that he needs to go have it tested. Um... 
I really, after being found by Julian, I don't know why Kendra keeps popping up at the, the hospital. I mean, I know that being caught by Julian behind his restaurant isn't that big of a deal, but when you were throwing away evidence, you don't want to keep popping up reminding him, especially because you know if she's sick, Julian's going to go to check on Alexis. So why would you want to be around Julian at all? And then she keeps popping up at the ho- at the hospital. She's, it's like she's looking to get caught just keeping herself in Alexis's orbit. How do you go from a trainer who she saw once a week to somebody who's come and seen her 15 times in the hospital? You're making yourself look suspicious. And Neil is catching on to that. He feels like something is off. And now Alexis can't shake it. And so they have the pill tested. Um, it's not going to come back as anything because that'd be too easy, but at least they're at least showing that they're having some questions about this random new person in their life. We, uh, again, we talked before about how Joss and Cameron and, and uh, they all got detention because of getting drunk at the, the school dance. And so it's just the four of them in this detention. And it's kind of like Breakfast Club-ish. They are all separated by a couple of desks from each other and Dev's talking the whole time about how he shouldn't even be there and he was a good kid and he didn't do anything wrong and Cam and Joss are apologizing of course and Cameron's feeling the worst of it because he's like Joss is even here because I'm here they're here because they tried to help us and he's Joss is like hey dude you may have had the liquor but I'm the one who put it to my lips you didn't force me to swallow stop taking responsibility for me being here and which is great and then I like that I mean they kind of did a double commercial I understand this is ABC what they did was they did a like a pring uh, was it a Lay's potato chip or some potato chip commercial with a Disney plus commercial like Joss is wearing a Disney plus hat they're all laying on their back in this little circle with the potato chips in between them and they're all talking about their favorite flavors and it's just it was cute it was it was a com- two commercials in one um but what it did was it it opened up for Dev to be really comfortable around Trina and Cameron and he slips in his talking about his backstory he he messes up talking about the timeline of when his dad died and when things were happening in his life and and again Trina and Cameron are not stupid and they're like are you even a Corbin what are you talking about what what's going on and um they kind of corner him um Beforehand, though, they, they're going around and everybody's talking about a secret. And Trina reveals that she was she had a DNA test done and she's a match with somebody in the city and that she decided not to pursue it because they could have been crazy. And I'm like, thank you for revealing that you were the connection to Stella. You had to be. It's the only other black person on the freaking cast. It's not Andre. I knew it had to be Trina who was their long-lost relative in town. I'm thinking either Curtis ended up having a love child because Trina finally also mentioned a mother, which, thank gosh. I mean, why couldn't she just have two parents? Can we just break scenario? Can we just break, you know, the the stereotype that every black kid only got one of their parents with them? Can we please say that she had two parents who lived in one household who had her back and were teaching her about art why it gotta be it's just her and her mom 
And if you're going to say that, can it be that her dad is in, in the armed forces, is off doing something, travels for work, something, and not just have her be a single mom? I just I just hope that they... Mm. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that they said it's Stella, but then I wonder who in the hell is in London? Who is... Because if she told them that she didn't want to pursue it, how did anybody know to reach out to her to say that they were her relative and that they wanted to meet her? Who the hell is in London? Who's Stella... Stella's about to go back to these people. Do they have another set of family? Because they only said there was one hit. I didn't hear about multiple. Am I wrong? I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. Anyway. So then, again, we go back to Dev being cornered and... Finally, Joss is like, hey, guys, stop. Stop bombarding him with questions. Stop it. Here's the truth. And she lays it all out. She does. She tells him all about it because she's sick and tired of them yelling. And and it's like, they understand. After they talk about everything, they're like, okay, well, and now we're accomplices. So guess what? Now we've got each other's back. And I like it because they're making it, if anybody is fans of old school General Hospital, there was the foursome of Elizabeth, Emily, Nicholas, and Lucky. And I like that they're doing that kind of foursome again with this new group. It's a group of kids. They may more romantically bounce back and forth within each other, but they are solid friends. They have each other's backs. They're their best friends. Um, and, and I like that they're doing that for Josh. Josh needs a, sound, a solid system. Cameron needs... They both have had some of the most ch- fucked up childhoods. And then you add Dev, who was on his on his own in Turkey robbing people, like acting like, acting like Aladdin and shit, you know? And, and now they're going to give Trina this tragic backstory of a single parent. So let these kids who have these backstories that feel like they've been abandoned or that life is can change at any second have each other to rely on. I like it. Um... So yeah, we'll we'll see uh, how they play that out. They basically just left it as okay. Well, we've got each other's backs, and we'll take care of each other. And uh, the, the teacher Dustin came in and was like, "Okay, so what'd you guys learn about? You know, they were supposed to be doing some kind of assignment again, just like Breakfast Club. Write down what how your actions affect other people, kind of a thing." And Cameron comes up and does this little two second answer, and Dustin's like, "Okay, good enough for me," and and that's it. So, thank you for our double commercial. Finally revealing Trina has family. She's a connection to Stella. Um, and Dev finally having to confess. And it, it, again, tying them together. Now they have a secret that can take them all down. Now they have something to bind them. So, um, we jump now to the double date with Willow, Chase, and Sasha and Michael. Um, they go to... Gosh, the not the float, floating rib, and uh, all the food that comes out turns Willow's stomach, and she's queasy. And she's like, you know, I've been playing with kids. I'm just gonna get up and go wash my hands. And she's in there for a little while, and Sasha comes in to check on her, and she's like, Are you okay? And are you sure? And um, she starts asking her all these questions about, Do you think? Um. I noticed that club soda and Willow stops her and is like, don't say it out loud. I don't want it. I'm late. I can't be pregnant. I just don't. I don't know what to do. 
Back at the table, Chase and Michael are talking about Nell being pregnant because Chase, again, just found out that he's an uncle. So he's talking about, you know, Finn being a dad now and Michael's comparing it and talking about how even though he hated Nell, the thought of being a father changed him so much. And, um... Willow goes, you know, they go back to the bathroom and Willow's talking about how she forgot her birth control a couple of times and, and, you know, how she's still shocked. And I don't, I'm like, if you forgot your birth control and this is, you've already been pregnant, why are you shocked? Just duh. Uh, Sasha basically says, you know, be honest with Chase. He deserves it, you know. And when Michael's asking Chase, what do you feel about being a father? He gets cut off. So you don't get to hear what his reaction would be to being a dad as Willow's going, oh my God, I might be pregnant. So it's again, dun, dun, dun. Uh, so now we go to GH and Brooklyn meets up with Lucas at the hospital. Um, she encourages him to not work on Thanksgiving. She understands that he, you know, doesn't want to be around Brad, that they've been fighting. And, and, you know, he thinks that by volunteering for Thanksgiving, everything, you know, they can have some time apart. And it's kind of sticking it to Brad, too, letting him know that he doesn't even want to be around him. He'd rather work. And, um... Michael is goes to Brad's house and he's goes and he picks up he picks up uh, Wiley slash Jonah and he's like are you sure you don't want to come over for Thanksgiving you know like I think I know why you're you don't want to go and Brad's like oh you do and he's like yeah because you stood up for Nell in court and you know my parents are mad you you told them that you did it you didn't like their reaction so now you think that you can't come to Thanksgiving and I don't want you to feel that way I want you to feel like you are welcome well you know you had your reasons whatever they may be but this is a holiday you should be with your son and Brad's like no no just go ahead I, I feel like I'm getting the flu I don't want anybody to be sick you know that's not the reason why I'm coming you know I don't want your parents to be mad. You're right. But no, I'm, I'm just going to stay. So Luke, uh, so he goes and he, he takes uh, Wiley slash Jonah over to Sonny's house. And then, you know, Brad sits down and he calls Britt to say happy Thanksgiving and how he misses her and that he's really happy that she got her medical license back, which woot woot, I'm hoping that means she'll be coming back to the canvas, please, because I love them together. Um... But he basically is just like, I miss you. I love you. I hope you come home soon or we talk soon. And uh, then we go to Hayden. And again, now she's being, she was completely tricked by Nick. Nick, uh, so now she goes to say goodbye to Violet because now she realizes she thinks she has to leave. Um, she brought her all of her favorite toys and tells her how much she loves her. And they take this cute little picture. And Hayden, you can just tell she's dying inside. And she tells Violet that even if she's not there, she loves her and did never forget that. And um, Violet's finally like, okay, can I go play now? And she's like, of course, baby, you go play. And she hides a letter in her backpack and, and she kind of kisses her head and leaves and Finn catches her right before Hayden can walk out of the door and she sees how, he sees how upset she is and he's like, are you okay? <coughs> Excuse me. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I just miss my baby, blah, blah, blah. And he asks her if, if you know, with Violet staying the night, if, if they can have a long morning the next day. 
because uh, he, he just wants to take care, he spend more time with her. And she's like, absolutely. You know, he promises he's going to take really good care of her. And she's like, I know you will. And she leaves. And she, of course, back against the door crying. Like, <laughs> my baby. I love my baby alone. Ah. But so, um, right. And then they cut to the quote unquote kidnapper coming back and talking to Nick about, hey, didn't I do a good job? Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> and Nick gives him a fucking bonus. Okay, again, how do you give a guy a bonus when you're stealing credit cards? To pay for vans. I don't understand. I don't... uh, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. So now we jump to... Julian and and Neil. Uh, Alexis had... Realized... I guess... Let me go back. Neil and Alexis are about... Uh, Alexis is about to check out of the hospital. And... Kendra comes. And it's like, oh, I can't wait for us to start working together again. Blah, blah, blah. And Neil is just straight up cold to her. And Alexis is like, hey, can you go check on that paperwork, Neil? And he's like, mm-hmm. You okay? You sure? And she's like, yeah, go ahead. And Kendra's like, I don't think he likes me. Is it just me? He seems really cold. And Alexis is like, eh, don't worry about it. Hey, I wanted to get that, that you know, more of that protein stuff. What's the website? I want to order it myself. And Kendra's like, uh, you don't trust me? What's going on? And she's like, no, no, honey, I was almost poisoned. I need, I just want, you know, I'm being very cautious about what I put in my body. I just want to make sure I'm the one ordering it, you know, factory seal. And Kendra's like, oh, of course. Yeah, as soon as I get home, I'll text it to you. And she's like, okay, sweet, Bye. And Kendra leaves. She walks out the door and you can tell she like turns and she's smiling. And then two seconds later, her face is stone cold. Like she was sick of holding that smile on her face because she hates Alexis so much. So Alexis kind of just turns her head and they go to another scene. Well, when they come back, it's again, Neil and Julian. Well, Neil goes to the hotel, back to the hospital room, and he sees that Alexis is gone. He goes to the front desk, and they're like, um, she just checked herself out. And that's when Julian comes up, and he's like, what's going on? And he's like, well, Alexis just checked herself out, blah, blah, blah. And they start comparing notes with regards to the rat poison, and they're like, they, Julian, as soon as Neil says that he's suspicious of Kendra, then Julian puts together that, that he saw her behind the restaurant and the dead rat. And then that's when he's like, dead rat, well, the rat poison and what's her name and let's do a web search on her. And they look at her up and I think it's just hilarious. They go online and they find that, uh, Julian is the one who finds this bit of information because I guess that Neil didn't scroll down far enough in her bio to find out that she had gone to high school there so they go to the class website and they post about do you know this girl and they post her picture and while this is going on Alexis is following Kendra and she follows her from the hospital to the cemetery and she sees Kendra laying flowers on a grave and saying that she loves her brother. And as she leaves, Alexis goes over, of course, and she moves the flowers and she has that moment of, of panic on her face. And 
she sees that it's Kiefer's name on the grave and then she gets knocked out. It's like, oh shit. Oh god dang. Okay. She comes to at, in the back of Kendra's car after Kendra had injected her with a paralytic so she's stuck like only her eyes can move and Kendra sits there and does the Dr. Evil explanation of her evil plan you know she insert the mustache twirl as she's talking about how she's gonna you know take Alexis down for hurting her brother for killing her and my father was never the same and he killed himself and then it was just me and my mother and it was a shell of my life and Kiefer was everything and she pulls Alexis from the car and lays her out in front of it, explaining how when Shiloh called and let me know my father was right and that you ran Kiefer down on purpose and I'm going to do to you what you did to my brother and I'm going to sell my story just like you did and oh, I didn't see her and she was, she was in the headlights and it was just happening so fast and first time I thought that bitch has acted good. When she went from, I'm going to sell my story just like you did, I was like, hee hee, yeah, okay, I, I'll, I see it. I see it. I see, that's, okay, because Alexis, if you know Alexis's history, she has done some shit in her past. Alexis has done some grimy shit and gotten away with it. Ask about being a butler at the Quartermains. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, she's like, so you're going to know how Kiefer felt when you see those headlights, you'll know. And Alexis is sitting there stuck. She, she can't move. She, Kinder did say that the paralytic was not going to last long. So she had to hurry up and get it over with, but she could not move. And we go back to the hospital and, and Neil and, uh, Julian, they get a response and they are able to piece together the name. She has a different last name now, but the person on the class website recognized her, said her original name. They realized that this is Kiefer's sister. Bum, bum, bum. It's fantastic. Uh, now we go over to, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day! Yay! Olivia has everything at the quarter main mansion that they need. She's got the turkey. She's got the stuff. And she's got the dress. And she's got the roll. She's got the pie. She is guaranteed this is going to be the best Thanksgiving ever. Now, Monica invited Drew, quote unquote, be, to ensure that he gets at least one quarter main Thanksgiving. If he's going to have this procedure done the next day, she wants him to be there. So they've got Lulu is there with Rocco. You've got Olivia, Ned, Brooklyn, Monica. Drew shows up towards the end of the episode here. And um, everybody's getting together. And at the same time, you're cutting between scenes at Carly's and Sonny's where Carly and Joss and Michael and Sasha are all sitting around talk, trying to explain why the Quartermains never have turkey for Thanksgiving. What's the Sasha's like, I don't understand. What do you mean it's cursed? What do you mean they always have pizza? So at, they're going back and forth between the two houses. And you wonder why Monica goes out on the patio and she calls Epiphany and she's like, hey, get over here. I had to sit for a minute and I'm like, who 
would she be calling Epiphany for? What would she be calling Epiphany about? Like, they hardly even interact at the hospital. They don't say, but it makes you wonder. All of a sudden, Olivia screams. I mean, blood-curdling screams. And she comes out and says, It's all gone! All the food is gone! The turkey, everything's gone! Now, I thought this was hilarious, because the fiancé pointed out this later. He was like, So did they just drop the fact that the turkey was gone? That all the food disappeared? Because the next scene is Ned dropping ten pizzas on the counter. And and I'm like, yeah, they basically went from, oh my god, all the food is gone, what are we gonna do, to here's the pizza. And the kid's going, can we have pizza now? And, And Ned goes, yes. And then Brooklyn goes, but first we sing. And they all sing the traditional quartermain. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Blah, 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 blah. And then they zoom over to the fireplace and they look at pictures of Alan and Edward and Lila. And it's all adorable and everybody sits and has pizza and and. Franco's just kind of like, or Drew's like, so this is, this is what it is. And Monica's just sitting there smiling like, yay, he gets to have a real Thanksgiving. And then they cut, they show, <laughs> they show Monica in the kitchen. First of all, I think it's like maybe the second time they've ever shown the kitchen. Monica packing up all the food to give to Epiphany to take to the hospital so that they can eat it for Thanksgiving because again she wants her pizza she wants her tradition with her her son for the first time and I just thought that was hilarious that they showed her being sneaky because she doesn't care for Olivia all that much and the fact that Olivia keeps trying to come into her as she puts it her house again Alan gave it to her and tried to change the the holiday it's just it was funny and Olivia's trying to be the peacemaker. She's trying to be nice where Brooklyn's concerned. So Olivia had gone overboard with the decorations like she always does. And she was sitting there taking it while Brooklyn was talking crap and taking decorations down and talking about how she's going overboard and all of that. Come to find out, it was her son who decorated the house. And Olivia sat there and was like, he came down and was like, where's my turkey? Where's the decorations? And she was like, oh, Brooklyn took them down. Gangster. I loved it. She is playing middle of the board. She's not getting baited by Brooklyn, acting like a spoiled little brat coming home and throwing a temper tantrum and demanding whatever attention. I I love that Olivia's like, because she's friends with Brooklyn's mother. They grew up together. Side note. They need to bring her back because they're doing nothing with the actress on Bold and the Beautiful. Back to General Hospital. So she's trying to be nice, you know, but Brooklyn's coming in being a bratty little step kid. And I love that she's letting her dig her own hole and she's letting everybody see what annoying, how annoying she is. 
all by herself. Rather than bickering, she's just letting Brooklyn's annoyance shine. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the actress. I love that Brooklyn's back. She needs to be acting exactly like she's acting. I love her going against Lulu. I want to see her up against Maxie. I love that she calls Uncle Sunny Dimples and Handsome. I think it's adorable. I want her to mix some things up. I want to see her flirting with people. I want to, I want to see that go further. So I'm happy that she's back in that aspect. Um, oh, we go back to Violet at Anna's house and Thanksgiving and they offer to break the wishbone. So it's, uh, they go and they get it. And, uh, Finn is like, Hey, Violet, do you want to break the wishbone with me? And she's like, okay. And they break it. And you can see Finn does it on purpose so she gets the, the wishbone. And she says that she hopes that Finn gets his wish too. And he says that she is his wish. <laughs> and I cried because it was so sweet. Um, honestly, he is most thankful for her. And, and then that, that was just a cute, really adorable family moment. Um, so we end the month and I want to thank you for listening to this again. This is a lot of information that came piling at you about what happened in the last 30 days of general hospital. We get to the end of this here and at the hospital again, Lucas was working and Elizabeth being her, you know, trying to be sweet, trying to get him to realize that he needs to talk to his husband and that they need to try to work it out and he shouldn't be at work. She maneuvers a way to get Lucas off the shift. So Lucas goes home and he tells Brad, this is it. We're figuring this out. I'm not going to have this be our relationship ever. You know, this is, this just can't be us. And in the meantime, Alex, um, so we get to, uh, Lucas gets home and he's, you know, again, he decides, he tells Brad, we got to figure this out. And while they're arguing, Carly calls because during Carly's uh, Thanksgiving with Sonny, Mike was there and he was, he was in a bad way and he knocked over the table, knocked food over. Sonny ended up taking him back to the um, retirement home and he's really depressed. So she calls Lucas and is like, hey, we're trying to keep things upbeat. If you could please come, we'd really appreciate it. Sonny really needs his family circling around him right now. So Lucas is like, absolutely, sis, I'll be there. He tells Brad, I don't care what's going on. We're going to Thanksgiving at my sister's house right now. My family, which is your family, needs us. So Brad's like, well, okay, I guess, okay, fine, we'll go. Now, Julian has decided that he is going to take matters in his own hands. And after Michael had come to get Jonah slash Wiley, Wiley slash Jonah, he saw that, he knew that Lucas was at work. He saw that the baby was safe. So he got out and decided to cut he cut Brad's brakes, motherfucker. And this, honestly, I've never seen anyone depicted on TV cutting somebody's brakes and bringing the wire back with them. So he does that. He he comes back to the car, drops the wire down, and he's like, he thinks he's wrapping up loose ends. 
he figures that Brad isn't, he won't allow the whole fake cheating on him story to go out. He tried to pull Julian in and record the conversation and make Lucas not want Julian in his life anymore. So Julian's like, this is it. I'm done. Brad's got to go. Not realizing that his son was going to come home. So Lucas goes, do you want to drive or am I going to drive? Lucas ends up driving. They're driving down the road. They're still arguing. He's like, I can't take this anymore. Ever since we got the baby, you've acted different. This is more than just parent paranoia. What's going on? I'm sick of this. You know, I, I, I decided to have a child with you and you're making it to where it's, it's different than what I expected. I don't want this for our child. You need to tell me what's going on. And Brad finally confesses. He finally fucking tells Lucas while they're driving that their baby is dead. The baby that they have is not Wiley and that it is Michael and Nels. This is the exact moment that Kendra has laid Alexis out in front of her vehicle and she's decided to back up so she can really get some mileage going before she hits Alexis. She wants some speed. Now, Lucas is screaming at this point because he can't stop the car. He doesn't even get a chance to have a reaction to finding out that his son isn't his son because he went to tap the brakes and was like, uh, the car won't stop. At the moment that Kendra's revving forward and they T-bone from what it looks like, they, it looks like they T-bone her. That's how Friday ends. The last Friday of November. Now, spoilers from this point forward. Again, you can never tell if this stuff is actually going to be true or not. But the word is on the street that the third person from General Hospital has been let go. First, we had uh, a bye-bye to Miss Kim. Now, we have the exit of Miss Hayden. Um, and now, we've got Brad is supposed to be the next one out. Will he or won't he? He posted something with regards to a, a Chris Evans quote about the whole seven years of playing a character and how fun it's been, blah, 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 indicating that this may be the end. Um, there's also been word that he's not the one who gets mostly hurt, that Lucas is supposed to be the one uh, that is supposed to be in a coma, uh, and that Carly hopefully is going to be reaching out to Dr. Monroe uh, to come in since all their neurosurgeons are gone. Robin and Patrick are in California, so they have to bring somebody in. It's supposed to be a guest star. Um of having Monroe back. So we'll see. I hope they kill off Brad. I, I don't care if they put him in a coma for a while and, you know, whatever. I just want the character gone for a minute. Um, I just personally don't like his, the character, the actor's mouth. It annoys me. Um, and the character himself annoys the shit out of me. So he can definitely take a break. I would not be upset. Um, extra, other spoilers again. Um, Sasha ends up convincing Willow to take a pregnancy test. I don't know how much of a spoiler that is other than just, a. uh, obvious thought of the story progression um they are trying to make Sasha and Willow more besties which I do like um because I have heard that they possibly could do a, a twinish kind of situation with uh Nina's kids and that they both could be um but we'll see if that actually plays out who knows 
Um, and then coming up in the first week of December, we've got Curtis and Jordan celebrating their anniversary, um, which is lackluster, like their entire relationship. And I truly don't care that much. Um, so again, that wraps up the November sweeps review, November 1st from November 30th. I truly appreciate again, you guys being patient with me while I waited to get this out again. I told you the holiday kit was kicked my butt. There was so much cooking to be done and cleaning and organizing. In fact, I got anything out. I'm proud. It's only December 4th and this is coming out. So, um, (laughs) thank you for your patience. Um, I will try to get something out soon, uh, in the next week or two. Again, I'm going to try to get the GH1s out every two weeks now that the sweeps are done. And, uh, again, with Christmas coming up, I have taken some time off of work. So hopefully that will not affect uh, the the podcasting schedule. I still hope to get something out every week to two weeks for you guys. And if not, I will send something out to let you know if something's going to happen. So again, I want to thank you so much for listening to the GH review and just to me in general. You know, I I thank you for being interested in whatever the hell Melody may talk about. And uh, Melody may talk about whatever the fuck she wants next time, because that's apparently what I like to do. So thank you for listening. Have a great one.